Hello and welcome to the Dime Alive podcast. I'm your host, Aloise Surfleet Middleton. Each week I show you how to build a life in alignment with your soul. I interview top thought leaders changing the world with their work. And I also show you how you can build a life in alignment with your soul, do your dharma, be happier, healthier, live longer, and have a deep sense of unshakable inner peace. So without further ado, let's dive into the next podcast. Hello and welcome to this very special evening edition of the Dharma Life podcast. And I can't tell you how excited I am to have one of my dearest friends making her debut performance this evening (laughs) (laughs) to talk to us about the Saturn-Jupiter conjunction that is happening today when this podcast goes out. So I want to introduce you to an incredible woman who has dedicated her life to being an astrologer. A book fell off the shelf when she was, I think, in college, and it completely changed the course of her life. And then from then on, she dedicated her life to being one of the world's best astrologers and a dear, dear friend of mine who I've known for many, many lifetimes. But Rania James, (laughs) welcome to our show this evening. It's an absolute pleasure, truly a pleasure, Eloise. Well, I I knew if there was going to be a night that we were going to get you out to share your brilliance, then tonight would be such an amazing opportunity, really. I really Um, appreciate the opportunity to to, to contribute. mm, This is such a momentous time in our collective and individual evolution, and I feel really honoured to... uh, It took many, many years to get to this point of being able to have these kinds of insights, and I hope that what I have to share with you uh, today will add to what everyone else is, uh, you know, I, this is my little potluck dinner. I'm bringing this in my pot. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And just explain for me, because obviously our listeners who are just coming across, across you now, um, just tell them a kind of synopsis of you, because obviously I've just said you're, you know, 40 year astrologer. Um, can you just sort of describe a little bit about your journey and then we'll come on to the, obviously what's happening right this moment. Right. Um, gee, well, I was born in New York City, grew up there, and uh, I started out in college in Boston, Boston University, as a um, political science major uh, and uh, minor in languages because I love French and Italian and also passionate about music, but that's the other side of me. And uh, as I said, I was uh, ensconced in liberal arts college and I was rummaging through Harvard Square to one of the New Age bookstores. And uh, this book just fell off the shelf in front of me, The Astrology of Personality by Dane Rudyard. And um, subsequently, he's become my, he became one of my greatest teachers through his books. And and uh, I read it and was just fascinated and felt really that it was a message to continue to work uh, and, uh, and, and explore. So I subsequently read hundreds of books, uh, not just in astrology, but uh, philosophy, psychology, comparative religion, mythology, all of the, uh, you know, the things that um, 
are part of the larger context mm. of being a humanistic astrologer, which is how I probably classify myself, person-centered astrologer. Uh, we are the, at the center of our own universes, and we're discrete, unique, individual pieces of divinity. And we're on this as a, a spiritual being having a human experience, yes. And uh, I started setting up different tests to disprove it. I think this is ridiculous. There's much more than 12 types of people in the world. And I didn't understand how complex it was. And then I started uh, setting up a few tests and uh, like guessing the signs of my favorite composers. Uh, I'm a classical <laughs> pianist, as you know, by their music. And I got nine out of 10 right. And I thought, okay, there's something to this. And then I started really cracking the books open and and began my journey of, of learning. In those days, they didn't have personal computers. So you had to get all of the information farmed out to a big computer in California. It took a week for the stuff to come back. But in the 70s came, in the 80s, and personal computers and, and some pretty good programs out there for individual astrologers to work with. So I started building my practice and working with people, and it's grown. Uh, I've learned, I always learn from each of my clients. And what I've noticed is that um, if you do something as long as I have, you refine, mm -hmm. you find other ways of deepening and refining the work. And so I've come up with my own way of using the data to produce, uh, you know, to produce, well, I can't actually show you fully because I've got this, that part screen, but I work with the, the, the data, the way it gives me the information I need to support my clients. Uh, and you, yeah. you basically we use um technology don't you to print the chart but then you do everything by hand so the level of detail that you go into is incredible oh yeah it, it is and unfortunately i i must use this uh, screen here i don't want to uh, uh i can't really hold up a sample of my work at the moment it's going to be on my website which i'm revamping at the moment but yes because it's a tailor-made process i mean different astrologers work in different ways they find the way that works for them so that they can give their gift through their channel to whoever is drawn to work with them. And I, I do believe people come to us who are, we're meant to work with, and there's hopefully more enough of us around on the planet to serve the demand. Uh, but uh, it's a tailor-made thing. A client, uh, you know, asks for a session or an update of the chart or a composite relationship reading, and uh, it's tailor-made. It's kind of built up from scratch, the layers and levels. So I use the computer technology to give me the accurate um, the science part of it, but then I, I interpret it. It's, it's different thing. It's not like reading a list of figures. It's very, very much a creative process and a co-creative process because when you're in a session with your client, it's it's co-creative. And things often come out at the time of the session. I had no idea we're going to come out. So there's some channeling involved too. But the but the chart work grounds the reading. It really anchors the reading. And I'm able to tell, you know, without even meeting a person, what they're going through and what they've been thinking, et cetera, just from the transits that are shown on their chart. It's, it's neat. And I can be testament to that because I've had sessions yeah, that, and I'm like, yeah. how did you get inside my head? Well, the, the thing that's amazing to me, and I'm, I'm always humbled by this, is the extraordinary precision, the absolute exquisite nuance of the tool, whoever created this system, you know the 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 uh, the level of meaning and of and of uh, individuation and of of of, of perfection really uh, uh, of the actual system in terms of um, a roadmap a sat now for the life you know for the individual life it, it's not a substitute for the living it's not you, know, you have to separate the menu from the meal 
but uh, there's a difference between those two. But as a as a as a counselor or a coach working with somebody, it gives you a window, a very quick and deep window in to what's going on with people and how to support them going forward. Mm. And what I love about it is it really helps you live onto that highest timeline, which is obviously what we want humanity to be on is obviously the highest possible timeline for them. And then, you know, having done work with yourself, you know, you kind of tell me where I should be aiming and I go, okay. (laughs) One is all, you know, it's always said one is too close to one's own, to read one's own chart as accurately as someone else would, but you mentioned timelines, and I think that's critically important right now, as we know. Yeah. Of the shift that's going on now, that's kind of anchored by this Jupiter-Saturn conjunction coming up in Aquarius. And I'll explain about that in a moment. But um, in the old days in Egypt, this was only information that was uh, allowed to be accessed by the privileged few. It was the priesthood mainly. And you were chosen to serve in the temples and in the mystery schools. And this was esoteric information that wasn't even available to the royal families, to the pharaohs, etc. It was the priesthood who were in charge of this. And it was very secret. But this part of what is happening in this Aquarian age that we're moving into is, and that is the water bearer who's carrying, uh, Jesus gave the symbolism for two ages. He was the uh, avatar of the Pisces Virgo age that we're leaving now, pretty much on the verge, we've been on the cusp for a few years now. Uh, and uh, he also set the um, uh, the symbolism for the, the 2,000 years after him, which was the Aquarius age, and, uh, when the, the disciples asked him where the Passover feast was to be. He said there'll be a man in a building, I think it was in front of the building, I'm not sure what was in the building, but he's carrying a pitcher of water on his shoulder, and that is the water bearer. Many think, people think Aquarius, because it's Aquarius is a water sign, but it's air. And it's the universal waters, it's the, the knowledge, universal knowledge, uh, universal truth, universal wisdom being poured out to humanity. And of course, the internet, uh, which is the product of the Pisces Virgo age, the technologies, the ages work in polarity. And this is one of the things I wanted to discuss today, mm. explaining a bit about the key uh, issues being worked out in the age we're, we're, we're moving into which is the Aquarius Leo age. They operate in dyads and uh, as pol- polarities, but really there are unity and the opposite symbolism needs to be integrated. And it takes roughly 2000 years, 2100 years. If uh, it's our sun takes 26,000 years, it's a galactic year um, around its only galactic center. And uh, we all go around it with it uh, if you're not a flat earther, you know, according to round earth uh, theory, I don't actually know which is true, but I just know this system works, whoever created it and however it operates. But the point here is um, where all disinformation is now should be common. It should be available to each child coming in. Parents should know about it. I think this is probably part of new age education is that 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 there are more and more individuals who've been waking up who've been wanting to understand their astrological blueprint their celestial blueprint their architect's blueprint for the life and uh as a guidance towards know thyself socrates you know and uh but it still was on the fringe for many years you know people look at their sun signs and newspapers which is mostly baloney except for a few really good astrologers like patrick walker in the day 
Well, it got ridiculed, didn't it, like everything else? Well, this is one of the reasons it gets ridiculed to denounce it, to uh, basically deflate it so that it's not available to people because Mm -hmm. it's a a tool of great empowerment. And this has to do then with the timeline you mentioned because when a person really, an astrologer can hold the space for the greatness, for the optimum expression of who this person came here to be and helped midwife that forward, uh, it raises the ball game. It raises the standard. And sometimes, uh, it, it. I think the most important, the most moving attribute anyone ever told me was when clients tell me it's the first time I've ever felt seen. Mm. You know, to see yourself, mm. and in terms that are so, um, so meaningful and so true and so resonant, it changes you. It shifts your resonance and. Uh, there's many tools of self-knowledge. This is only one of them. But I think it's the only one I've found that actually play, accurately places things in time. You see, and that's that's part of the precision too. But getting back to what you said about the Aquarian, you know, the water bearer, that this information is now meant to be available to everyone. Mm. So this is about the kind of raising of consciousness on the planet by tools and ancient wisdom like this being available for the masses effectively yes indeed and i think that's why many of us have come back who are from those those days we've had our own karma to clear and our own uh, education to to go through Mm. Uh, but i would say preparation what's important here is that this feeds directly into this critical point that i wanted to make today about sovereignty because astrology or the understanding one's blueprint is uh, it returns it is all about the individuation process and uh, you can see through through the ages at least of our recorded history we go in and out of becoming one first we were unconsciously unified that was the taurus scorpio age then we became liberated from that that's the aries libra then the, that liberated self had to be purified, go through a crucifixion, so to speak, and a purification process and an education process, which was Pisces Virgo. Now we're ready for Aquarius Leo. And the, why the Leo side of this is so critically important is you cannot have a, a unified, you wake, awake and peaceful, flourishing humanity without individual sovereignty, mm-hmm. which is the Leo side. Mm. So it's almost like each of us have to do our own work to be sovereign, to be free, but then we become part of the collective that is going into this era of higher wisdom and, like you said, personal sovereignty from the collective perspective. Yeah, yes, and, and it, it is individual and collective. So, you know, this, uh, this is one of the things we're fighting, we're battling out. Uh, whatever the paradigm is, whatever the archetype of the sign we always experience the distortions, the distortions of the Aquarius, the distortions of Leo are get played out before we actually come into the true balance of it. This is the collective shadow being cleared right now of a lot of, of ways of what we don't want it to be. We're kind of getting that out of the way before we really embark on building the new forms and 
and all of that. So there's there's several astrological factors that have been going on that are helping us in this process that I also want to. Mm. So can you can, can you just explain exactly what is happening on the twenty first? Can you just from an astrological perspective? Like, oh, no, I would like to just just finish this one thought, mm-hmm. uh, if I might, Eloise, which is that one of the reasons, uh, one of the part of the struggle we see going on right now mm-hmm. are the collective conscious trying to wake up out of the co-option, out of the sleepwalking, out of the mesmerization, out of the uh, the spell that's been cast. In other words, um, the waking up also has to do with individual waking up. It is it is waking up to what we came to be. I liken it to the the best archetype I can think of for the Aquarius Leo Age is the Berlin Philharmonic Orchestra. I say them because each one of the members of the orchestra, it's a hundred plus orchestra, is a virtual in them, virtuoso in themselves. They almost didn't need a conductor to uh, to perform, and yet the collective sound is a combination of this excellence. You need the piccolo player. You need the violinist. You need the differentiation of the creation has to be preserved and honored and, re- and respected. You cannot have one size fits all automaton uh, AI, uh, you know, blandishing, completely erasing individuality. This is the fight that's going on now uh, on, and on many fronts. But, but, but what we see is the shift is coming. I mean, we could spend hours talking about all of these points, but we don't have that time just to say that, um, there's been a progression of aspects going on. Uh, do, you, do you understand about the Leo side of it? It's important to understand that in every age, which is roughly 2,100 years, there is the planting of the seed, there's, there's, which is the first 500 years or so. There is the harvest, the summer, that's the spring. Then there is the growth of the plant during the summer months. The harvest of each age is normally three quarters of the in a way into it, which is the autumn, the uh, the harvest. The last one was the Renaissance. Before that, two thousand years, the Golden Age of Greece, and so forth. And then you have the decay, like you do in the spring, uh, in the autumn of the old, and it becomes fertilizer for the new seed. But there's always the old forms that are struggling to keep their to keep mm-hmm. alive. Okay. And those of us, the new impulse is coming up already doesn't know if there's frost on the ground. We don't have the forms of the future, but the impulse eventually takes over the forms of the past, which are all dissolving at the moment. That's this, the breaking uh, down. Well, this is what I wanted to say, that aside from my joy, my expertise, my passion is, is serving individual people with all of this. But because we're talking about collective energies, there have been, you can take a look at the planetary aspects that the planets are making to themselves, such as the Jupiter-Saturn conjunction coming up on the 21st. And that actually, I've watched that play out since 2008. Wow. I've watched that play out leading up to this. Mm. And uh, this is particularly, uh, let me just, just give you a sense of this so that you can understand. The Jupiter-Saturn conjunction is a a pinpoint. It's a marker. It's a. It is an anchoring of a collective shift of the collective conscious. We've been all clearing the collective unconscious, and we've been birthing a collective conscious. It is not a hive mind. 
there, there is an individual and collective. But I see this conjunction of, of uh, on the 21st, which is so amazing because many of us think that this is the actual start of the Aquarius age. We thought it was 2012 at the end of the Mayan calendar. But in fact, if I can just trace backwards several aspects that have been happening, and you can see what's been going on since 2008. Mm. But the collapse of the old financial system, then 2012 came. But um, we had several astrological aspects, one after the other, that were, you see them being played out in the societies and the civilizations and the cultures. That is why the, the culmination of that process is the 21st, uh, which is the, many people think that conjunction of Jupiter and Saturn, which hasn't happened in several hundred years, is um, the star of Bethlehem again. It is that bright heralding of new forms. It's a new cycle of growth and civilization being started. And what's so important, people don't talk about that, it's happening on the solstice, which is the sun has just moved into zero degrees of Capricorn. So there's a 30-degree angle happening between that Jupiter-Saturn conjunction and the sun on the solstice. It's an anchoring. So it's not just the conjunction. It's anchored by this cardinal point. And when you have a point like that, it's printing in the vernal point, which is zero Aries, zero Libra. Zero, you have an axis, basically. Mm. So this stabilizes. It's like having a tripod. Instead of just having a conjunction, it anchors it. It grounds it. It gives us something to stand on as individuals and as a, a humanity and as cultures and societies. So the, 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 the semi-sextile, which is considered a minor aspect, it's 30 degrees, is half of a 60-degree angle or a sextile. It is a building aspect. It is a foundational building aspect. And I think it's it's amazing. I mean, the uh, Greenwich Mean Time, the, the uh, actual solstice is 10.03 in the morning, Greenwich Mean Time on the 21st. And the conjunction of Jupiter-Saturn happens at 6.22 p.m., roughly, GMT, that night. All right? So as you are doing your podcast that night, it's going to be happening in real time. Mm. So what the semi-sextile of the sun is going to do is anchoring it and stabilizing the vibration. And also, it's going to enable the energy to be utilized. It, it, it ups upgrades the energy but it also anchors it so in theory it makes it easier for humanity to access and yeah i think it's going to be more accessible that's the word i was thinking and you also have a, you know in the morning at the time of the solstice you it's mercury is also conjuncting the sun and uh, so it's People are conscious of this. Everybody's talking about it. The, again, the Virgo side of the Pisces, Virgo age we're leaving, is, um, is making this possible. We're standing on the fruits of the prior ages. Mm. So I think it's, it's, it's uh, fascinating what's happening. We, you couldn't be doing this podcast without the technology. Sure. So the technology is something that's come from the past. From the prior know. age, yes. Yeah. And obviously the web, the web, the World Wide Web has enabled us to connect and to spread gnosis and spread information. And now, obviously, it's being supported with the planets to help us ascend into even higher states of a collective awareness. So what you're saying, this sounds very positive for humanity as a whole. Is that right? Yes. Now, let's just understand it. It's a, it's a marker. It's a turning point. It's an up 
shifting to a higher level even of 3D. That semi-sextile to Capricorn Sun is almost saying you're still in 3D, people, but it's a higher level of it. Okay. Um, it's not, you know, resuming to 5 and 6, you know, 5D overnight. There is a bridge. There is a building process. Because this is what I what I feel is happening. And it's hard to tell because it still needs to be played out. Um, but there was, there's been a series of outer planetary aspects happening. And if I can just trace the steps a bit, you can then understand. I can talk about some of them that are coming next year mm-hmm. to keep this Jupiter-Saturn conjunction in context. Mm-hmm. I think obviously it's 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 uh, the fact that more, you know many many people globally are looking for it. You know we're prepared for it. We're waiting for it. In the old days, it was three three magi. Mm-hmm. There it is in the sky, you know, following the star of Bethlehem. But uh, nobody oh, else, knew, nobody knew. You see, mm-hmm. now it's happening, and everybody's knowing. So it's being publicized. The energies that we're all it's the soup we're swimming in. Um, what I wanted to say is that there was a starting to be the collapse of the old systems during the Uranus Pluto square. Uh, just going back, uh, that was happening globally. Uh, June 2012, it started. Okay. And it ended uh, April 2015. This was the starting of the challenge of starting to break up the old forms, you see. But then uh, what had to happen was this um, semi square, this 45 degree angle of Neptune and Uranus. This is what's amazing. This started July 4th. 2017, ironically on American Independence Day. Wow. And it actually completed May 30th, 2019, except there was a one degree orb. I always use the one degree orb when it's one degree away, coming in and coming out because you can still feel it. The one degree orb was January 18th this year to April 6th this year. And when I looked at this semi square, I said, this has to mean the dissolution, the absolute dissolution. Neptune is the dissolution. The Uranus-Neptune semi-square is an internal struggle between the old age, the Pisces age, ruled by Neptune, and the Aquarian age. That's what we're seeing play out on the world stage, isn't it? And I thought, nothing's changing between January and April is when COVID came in. Wow. You literally uh, have to stop. Warner Earhart used to talk about, uh, you know, if you don't look out, you're likely to end up where you're headed. And he said it's important sometimes to stop the train and get off the train and lay some new tracks. And that's what this year has been about. And I just couldn't see, well, how is this playing out? I don't see it happening. Everything seems to be going in this. It's crazy. It's chaotic. Mm. COVID. And how interesting, because obviously COVID was a plan from the dark, which got then sub-converted or diverted into the light. Because obviously it was the biggest own goal in humanity's history. Again, again, a part of the, uh, we don't have the time to talk about shadow work, but as you know, mm. we all carry dark and light. And the, the, the movement into part of sovereignty is doing your shadow work, is confronting. That's why the whole Darth Vader, uh, Luke Skywalker thing. You know, when he goes into the cave and battles, do uh, you know, a, holo- a holographic image of Darth Vader and cuts the head off and it's his face in it. Behind the mask. It is the, uh, you cannot liberate yourself from dependency, from codependency with the systems that we're coming out of. 
essentially a kind of indentured servitude, uh, you know, and debt slavery and the other systems that have been collapsing, there has to then be a process of individual individuation where people are extricating themselves out, which is coming next year, that Saturn, after Jupiter and Saturn conjunct, Jupiter overtakes Saturn and moves forward already into Pisces this year, next year. Saturn forms three squares to Uranus next year. And to me, I feel that that is the individuation. These are the birth pangs of the of the individuated of, of the birthing humanity of a sovereign humanity. So, uh, not to um, project too much until we see what happens, but it's going to show up in individuals' charts and in specific areas of their lives. So, but, what does that actually mean for an individual listening to this? You're going to see this playing out in the news. You're going to see this playing out on the planet. Because remember, we're looking at the birth of a collective conscious. And I think that, that it could be even that the conjunction of the Jupiter-Saturn in Aquarius in, a, in that semi-sextile to that sun is an anchoring. It is the anchoring of a, of a collective conscious. We've been all waking up at diff, you know, different speeds. Many of us still not woken up. Many people in our families, friends, you know, we know many people that are still asleep in that regard. Um, but everybody has their own timing. I see this over and over again, working with individuals in the trenches, you know, uh, astrological trenches, as I call them. Uh, I see it, every, you know, and I've learned to deeply respect that timing. But we've reached a critical mass where something has been shifting and needs to shift and click into place. Mm. And the chaos the Uranus-Neptune semi-square, which is a chaos thing. It's quite interesting because an individual chart, the 45 degree angle, which is half of a 90, is an internal struggle. And you see this playing out in terms of countries. Does Brexit happen or not? Do we leave the EU or not? Does the struggle of wanting to move into something and there's this old, you know, holding on. So there's that internal dilemma. But, but what's important to also understand, I'll give you the three periods of dates when this semi-square, the square of Saturn and, uh, and Uranus is, because this is all about bringing new forms into being. It is, it is three phases, one forward, one retrograde, which is the middle period, and then the third one is normally when the issue is, is happening. And I think that there's going to be a lot of reformation of identity, both nationally and personally for people as things start sliding into place. Who knows what's happening? It's a virgin future in many ways, as Lazarus used to say. But I, I find this amazing because it, it deals directly with sovereignty and the building of new forms to replace the ones that have collapsed in a way that honors the individual, doesn't erase them or absorb them or uh, suppress them or you know erase them you know deny them that sovereignty we have to be sovereign and work together as a whole it's the unity and diversity you see and that is the individuation process is all about um evolving individual evolution and so um these three uh time periods the uh, first one is february 6th to march 2nd next year the peak the 17th of february phase two is June 1st to June 26th. So June 2021 is an internal, a lot of structures changing, a lot of old 
the breaking down of things, the reformulation of things, it's going to be playing out in individual lives in different ways. But you'll see it happen at a societal level. And it's often the, the retrograde period where there's an internalization of the issues where people are saying, you know what, I just can't continue in this way anymore. There's going to be a lot of discovery, a lot of exploration. Um, people are going to need guidance and, and, and something to help hold them through that, you know, to, to sustain them a sense of themselves beyond the collapsing structures of their lives that they relied on for such a long time and the collapsing identity in some cases. And the last crossing of, of the Saturn-Jupiter square is December 16th next year to January 1st, 2022. So I'd say that there are, the peak for that is December 24th, Christmas Eve. And the middle period, the peak is June 14th. So I don't know, I can't predict social, political things, but I find it fascinating because it has it deals directly. If we are moving into Aquarius, mm -hmm. then we have to start with, we have to incorporate that Leo side, which is the sovereign journey. Yes. So even though Saturn stays in Aquarius for roughly two and a half years, and Jupiter's moving out of Aquarius in the late spring, I believe, um, the um, this square is now let's harness this change where do we have to make where can we restructure things it's like you're buying a property and you know that it needs a wall knocked down here and it needs refurbishing there and i want to put some windows in there we all live in a house we live in a in a life that has walls and structures and identity anchors and so what that that is is a challenge to tear down individually and collectively, but not in violence, to, 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 to remove the obstacles. A rebirth. Uh, yes, but it's, a, it's quite a, you know, it's quite a chewy process. It's, you know, it can be sticky in ways and it's, it's tangible. You're talking about tangible forms. Taurus Uranus squaring an Aquarian Saturn. And that is the struggle. That is the struggle of how do we remain a united humanity and individuate at the same time. Mm. But I loved what you said about how, because the way I look at it is there's almost like it's a jigsaw puzzle and all of us are a piece of that puzzle. But actually, when we come together, that this is the whole unity consciousness. This is all about us connecting, collaborating. You know, you and I experience it just by being friends in our life. You know, we support yes, each other and we activate each other and you know so having that on a collective scale I, I i'm excited to see what humanity can actually do and achieve and be and go into this kind of beautiful well, me too me too and again this is like every every man and woman standing up to be counted when you extricate yourself from the um asleepness oh you just froze there you are you froze for a moment are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, your screen just froze for a moment. Um, then you can roll up your sleeves and actually contribute something unique mm. to the process mm -hmm. with, with confidence because you know who you are and what you've got to bring. You mm. see, it's not it's not egotism, it is it is self-knowledge, it's the awareness mm -hmm. of who you really are and what your design function and creation is, mm. what you came here to be have. This is all shown, it's kind of within the birth chart, as I see it, and then gets played out. But I find it's very exciting to see um, what these, you know, I've already looking backwards, seen the changes from these other outer planetary aspects, uh, you know, con considering. 
Now it's going to be interesting looking what's happening in 2021 as that conjunction, you know, conjunction is a seed point. It is a, it's like a supernova. It is that point of new beginning. Yeah. And at Zero Aquarius, it is, it's, it is the heralding. And you see, here's the thing. Saturn is form. Jupiter is the higher consciousness, considered super consciousness. Um, there is that needing at that point for all of us to start having a vision of what we want our future to be. What do we want our world to be collectively? Mm. So the humanitarianism mm. has to do with um, not one one size fits all, not automatons, not the erasure of individuality or even individual nations, but the coming together of sovereign nations, of sovereign individuals who are co-creating heaven on earth. Mm. who are co-creating. And, uh, and so I think that the call is going to be for individual people, businesses, you know, uh, cultures, governments, if they can, I don't know, individuals within service to step up to bat in a new way. It's new territory. There are new laws going to be coming in, maybe a new financial system. A lot of people have been talking about that. I'm not, uh, you know, an expert on that at all, but it makes a lot of sense. Mm. So there's always that challenge when you have this individuation process of not just throwing out the entire past, but what can you salvage? What is still useful? What is can you stand upon? There's a bridging aspect that's been going on, believe it or not, since 2008. So it was 2008 when we really entered the, like we were starting to go into the era, because everyone's sort of saying that to 21st is when, but you're saying it's 2008 that we were uh, easing ourselves in. It was the start of the collapse, it was the collapse of, you know, of the old financial system that managed to resurrect itself or stand of on course, its last yeah, leg. yeah, because it totally didn't it, it could, and they've propped it back up again. Yes, yeah, oh, I see, that's is, interesting. If you take a look at the, then that building aspect, you've had two catalytic transitional planets, Uranus and Chiron, again in that 30 degree angle, bridging since February 2008, and it comes off July 2nd, 2021. It's been going on continuously since 2008 without interruption. I see it in people's talk. What is that? It's like being on a conveyor belt. It's like we're being whittled little by little towards the new age. It is a tr it is like a um, a bridging aspect between. It's an alchemical bridging aspect between the old and the new. And we've all been moving little by little in different areas of our lives towards right. where we're now. And I find it amazing. It's been going on. It's called the semi sextile of Uranus and Chiron. Chiron is the catalytic. It's an experiential learning. It's catalytic. With Uranus, it's highly electrical, and it has to do with the raising of consciousness and the experimentation. Who are we? Who are we becoming? Finding a new identity as we go forward, one step at a time. It is a stepwise project. It's not overnight. It is a building phase, and I find it fascinating that the last peak is between January 29th next year and July 2nd next year. So for people listening, if they, you know, is it possible that they would look back at their lives and they can see how in 2008 yes. from then where they've been gently nudged forward yes. and right. So the energy has been supporting yes. them evolving and growing. Yes, and you could even that's right. And you can even step outside and look at some of the world events, the major cycles of of, of challenge, collapse. Um, um, it's been a struggle. There's no question about it. Titanic yeah. struggle. 
But that's what happens at every age shift, is that holding on of the old forms and the birth of new impulses that are coming up within an essentially inimical surroundings, you know, antagonistic, because all, once something is informed, it pushes to stay informed. Well, and of course, they knew this was coming, didn't they? That's why they've been so keen to sort of hijack our ascension and to sort of keep us off track and to do things like propping up the debt based banking system, because they could feel they knew that, you know, essentially we're shifting. Yeah, but I think it's quite interesting because who knows what's in the divine mind? The plan is perfect. I see this over and over again, working with individuals, how exquisitely precise the information is and how it plays out so lovingly and benevolently in individuals' lives. I can't believe that uh, even that propping up was meant to be because more time was needed for the rest of humanity to wake up. Mm. The beginning of the conveyor belt into the new age. But I find it fascinating because when that semi-sex bell leaves off in, in July of next year, there's a wonderful year uh, in briefly March to June 2022, but it's roughly gone. It means the conveyor belt stops. We've arrived. <laughs> right. So July next year is when we have officially kind of arrived. Into January to July year. is the last semi-squirt sextile of Uranus and Chiron. There's an alchemical shift. A lot of it's a bridge. People are still coming over the bridge, as you know. Mm. Yeah. But it, what it means is that it's been a kind of a, an easing. It's been a something, an energy of grace saying, you'll get there just one day at a time, one meditation at a time, one decision, one choice at a time, one fast at a time, you see, one relocation at a time. It is, it each, it, it's going to play out in each person's life in their own way, in an individual way. Mm, but I find it fascinating to take, look backwards and see as an overview and see the changes that have happened uh, collectively and in governments and in in, in um, uh, you know in developments happening, with, with, with nobody was awake in two thousand eight. You know, it was like it was uh, it was the beginning of the end, and we are now at the at the beginning of the beginning. Really, mm. people could say it's the end, but this is a this is a turning point because after that point, that resonance, and think about it, the longest night. Where is the light? Mm. It's deep within. We have to on that night. You have to find the light, that center point of light within yourself, and that at, after the twenty fifth, then Christmas, it starts ascendancy of the light force again. So I think it's incredible that it's being anchored that conjunction on the darkest night in the collective consciousness of humanity, wow. and it's by that thirty degree angle of of the sun, Mercury. Which is it? Which is a conscious process. Oh, we're going to build something new now. Mm. It's not yeah. going to just. We're not waiting for it to happen. Everybody has a part to play in the building of the new forms. Yeah, and I think I'd love to sort of touch on that a little bit more because I think you know often people come to me and they say, oh, I don't know what my purpose is, and I don't know how I fit into all of this, and and actually, you know, if you were to say how many charts you've done, would you even be able to? I don't know. <laughs> Certainly. Um, I like to work with people more than once because then we can get into deeper material and it's wonderful to be able to support people as they continue evolving. But you see um, this divine blueprint and that everybody has. No doubt about it. And I often see the the eventuality of collective uh, events in 
an individual's chart. Just by what I see happening in their chart, I can extrapolate and say, well, it looks like we might be having some type of disclosure coming around 2022, 2023. Um, oh, sorry, what was that disclosure? Well, it, it, it's different for each people, but I can see that people are preparing for something. They're waking up because they've got a mission. They've got something to do. Oh, I see. And it's almost like they're, they're, they're being prepared. The collective, um, can I say, uh, because we're dealing with collective energies, it it is logical that there's going to be some type of collective shift that's happening, that they're going to be participating in, because it operates on the hermetic principle, you know, as above, so below, as within, so mm -hmm. without. Mm -hmm. So the birth chart is like a, a time release capsule. It is a... Um, a mandala it is a but it's energetic it's not static it looks static but it actually then evolves and plays out and there tends to be a correspondence between what's showing up in the charts and what the external the experience that year or that during that period of a person's life that's why it's a map it's a roadmap it's very useful because you actually can see where things are going and that then you can come back to you can see the phases that you're in well i think the thing i love about it which i find so useful with our work together is you raise my consciousness and awareness around the themes and the energetic themes of what it is that i should be doing at certain times so i feel like i'm very in tune with my mission and my purpose and my alignment because you know you won't let me miss things basically well i just happen to know your chart pretty well so i you know i know that something's coming up and i'm aware that you're at a turning point as we discussed uh, about your jupiter saturn energy and what's happening in your this is this is often the uh the jupiter saturn also governs financial cycles financial systems okay so, so I can't imagine that there isn't some type of shift about to be anchored on the planet involving financial system well, we've and, uh, been trapped in positive consciousness for so long and kept in materialism and consumerism. And, you know, we've really been pushed down uh, into that's this debt-based what, system. That is why the uh, understanding of one's chart, birth chart, extricates you. It liberates you from that. You, you get a sense of your cosmic identity, your, your true design function in creation. It, it, it removes you from that, that morass of undifferentiated um, confusion and brings you into clarity about who you are as a unique being, a unique discrete energy system, psych psyche, et cetera, and what your potential is why you're here, what it is, you know, it supports you being you. There's mm. nothing made up here. It's not uh, conjecture. It's not grandiosity. It's not speculation. It's not voodoo. It's not snake oil. It really is just describing, giving words to, fleshing out, breathing life into what is actually there. So people have lost touch with their identity, their, their, their identity beyond their family unit, their job, what they do for a living. You know, there, there's been a, a, uh, a certain level of identification that's, that's become comfortable and that's brought us this far. But I feel many of us have spent a few years not knowing who we are, you know, temporary confusion as we're coming into a new sense of purpose and identity. But the fundamental uh, you know, uniqueness, the fundamental structure of the personality, the psyche, the, um, maybe that's not the right word, the, the individual, individual identity, 
the true identity. It, you can't lose that. It's it's what you were designed by the creator to mm. to be. Mm. So so when a person is returned to themselves at that level, it frees them up from that much dependency on what's happening outside. And that's why this is so incredibly potent, 21st of December, because it's happening at the darkest. The sun is, you know, it is the darkest before the dawn. Where does the light shine at that point inside? I love that, the darkness and before the dawn. It is the rebirth of the sun, S-O-N-S-U-N. I wonder, ask Charlie about how does that relate to, you know, soleil mm-hmm. in French, peace in French. So it's particularly in, in the English language. Um, I'm not so sure how it translates in other languages, but the point is, I find it significant that this conjunction is happening in everyone's chart. Somebody's going to be getting that conjunction and the semi-sextile, the Capricorn sun in their chart somewhere. And that's the area that's going to start being restructured, come alive again. Oh, so wherever it lands in your which house correlates to how it impacts you. Is that right? Well, not just that. It, it, it's much more complex because sure. we're taking it out of context. Sure. We're, we're looking at the pure aspect, but it sits within um, um, uh, the individual's matrix. It sits within the individual blueprint of that person making aspects to other points in the chart. That's why you, it's out of con- you have to see where it's happening in your chart mm-hmm. as to see what's being triggered and what's being uh, uh, born there. What's what? Where it's being anchored? What are you? What is your? What are you coming up with? What is it that is giving birth to in your life? Right. Fantastic. And there's something about long range plans. There's something about new vision coming in. So there's the anchoring of a new vision for humanity, individually and collectively. That is the energy that's going to be present. And the the Capricorn Sun in is about practicalities. How are we going to work this out in real terms? Well, I have to say, it all sounds incredibly empowering, uplifting, supportive for the individual and the collective. Like I think, you know, for our listeners, hopefully they should feel very uplifted hearing this information because it sounds to me like it's going to A, easier to be who we are at soul level um, and B, you know, we are birthing a new age collectively and going into this new age where we're sovereign, we're free, and we get to create how the world looks and how we show up. So it just sounds, you know, very uplifting and inspiring. It can be. I think the thing that's important to understand is that, um, and thank you for saying that, one would hope it is. And I think one of the things that's so potent about this you tend to get the plants from what you've planted you know the seed has within it the fully grown plant with all of its fruit and everything so the fact that so many consciousnesses and hearts are going to be aligned on the 21st around this conjunction uh there's the, the rebirth of hope is i think for me what i feel in my heart is that so many of us have become dejected discouraged there's a sense of futility we've had so many uh, you know, dealing with the impos- what looks like the impossibility of things and nothing changing and uh, hopelessness. The rebirth of hope, the anchoring of the promise of better things to come, and the, the invitation, the enlisting of individuals to step up to the plate in some way. Mm, beautiful. 
And you see that that stepping up is a gentle thing. It's a semi-sextile. It's a step. It's just it's not a leap into the unknown. It's not jumping off of the side of a cliff without a parachute. It is a giant step, little step. It is a stepwise process into um, new forms, new structures. And what I would say is that there is a certain amount of uncertainty attached because it's new territory. Yes, that is why the, the celebration is so important right now, because you're setting the tone. You're, 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 you're in a sense, writing it the way you want it to be. And I think that you hit the nail on the head there for our listeners. We are writing it the way we want it to be. You know, this is us taking our power back. This is us being sovereign. This is us being free. And then not forgetting that we create our reality. And this is you know, an opportunity for us as a collective to really come together and do that work as a collective, but also do it individually. Indeed, indeed, indeed. Beautifully said. And of course, the whole thing about Saturn-Jupiter conjunction in astrology, as I work with it, it's this beginning of a new cycle. So uh, the, the Saturn is the practical grounding of it. It's your identity, it's the forms in your life. But the Jupiter part of this is the vision of things to come. It is a higher consciousness. What are your plans? What do you want your future to be about? And so it's about making the dream real. Yes. yes. Not eating the menu anymore, but the meal. Mm. It, it, is, it is something. What I love about the semi-sextile is everybody can do it. It's not a leap of faith. It's not, it is the next step for each of us. What is your next step? And what is it moving towards? What is your higher vision? What do you want your future to be? So it is a time of visioning. It is a time of, of um, speculation in the sense that you're supposed to be free to really, what's real for you? What do you want your reality to be? Mm. What is the ideal? What is the best version of yourself? Mm. And what, what, what have you come here to give, to bring, to, to, give, to bring to the party? to the mm. collective mm. what's your contribution and what do you need to change in your life in a very material way to bring that about what's not working any longer mm. you see because there's been the square of mars and pluto going on uh through this autumn period it's still going on now and this is it's just starting to move off as we move towards the new year this is about letting go of what no longer serves it's clearing the decks in fact on the 21st it is still square Pluto's at 23 Capricorn 51 and Mars is at 23 Aries 12. So that's also embedded in the uh, solstice chart, which is the, the collapse of old form, but it's the clearing the decks, getting rid of your clutter, throwing out things, recycling. I can feel it, as you know well, in clearing stuff out like that. It has to do in context, in terms of the whole chart, with what is your Jupiter-Saturn frame. That will determine what you throw out. See, so it's intracyclically, it's, it's different for each person. Yes. So it's still very transitional, but that square is saying you want a different future, you want to show up, you got to lighten up, you got to clear out, you got to let go of things that are no longer relevant, useful, or, or uh, uh, supportive. Mm, get really selective about who and what is coming with you. A lot of people, as they get clear, there will be this process all through January. Yes, that is that aspect. Well, it's moving off faster than that. But the point is that it's been hovering in that for the last several months, and it's going to be still exact within one degree orb on the solstice point. 
So we're also uh, being asked to to examine um, what we need to clear away to make this dream possible. What's getting in the way of practical, very practical, uh, of living that best life of yours, of moving into the life you want to live? Well, I've experienced that on a very basic clutter level, like clothes and book. Like I'm in my office and I'm staring at the bookcase. It's got it's, it's being pared down, you know papers clutter <laughs> it's getting removed isn't it it's yeah, I, have the same, I have the same thing going on that's how i'm going to be spending the rest of the of the year basically mm. because people are aware of the fact that they they can't it's like emptying the cup to be filled again you can't put the new wine into an old flask yeah of course you have Empty to abhors a, a vacuum but you have to create the vacuum the space mm. Wonderful. It is, it is, the, the, the Mars-Pluto square is depth clearing, and it's not just at a physical level, but it's psychological clearing. What patterns do you not want to carry into this new life? What, uh, you know, what? Okay, so also the, like the healing, we've all been doing this healing work this year. Victimization, uh, poverty consciousness, um, old wounds uh, that have we've yeah. taken many years to heal. It's it's a stripping away. It is a process of lightening up and letting go and and what no longer serves. And people are going to be taking a lot of action in the in the next couple of weeks and doing just that. Wonderful. Wonderful. Rania, I could talk to you all day. That was incredible. Thank you so much. Um, is there anything else you'd like to share as we wrap up or? I want to thank you, first of all, for this opportunity to uh, share some thoughts um and i hope they're useful i hope they're really useful to people uh yes no i was just going to say how can people find you because obviously you know this is a prime time to do this work to really have a guide such as yourself helping you create that highest timeline that highest vision so how can people contact you and uh, find you well i think uh the best way would be through my website which is in the process of some revision it's uh, Stellar Guidance, S-T-E-L-L-A-R, guidance, dot, dot wordpress, dot wordpress, dot com. We'll have that in the show notes. As yeah, well. and there's a, there's a contact email there. Um, I think what I feel about this, because I also personally have dreams, as you know, to bring my music into the world. It's It's been a long time in coming. And I think that... Um, uh, I want to sum up just by saying that this opportunity that's presenting itself, we're all ready for it. We are ready for it to take that step, to build a new future, whatever that future we want that to be. And when we make that commitment energetically, can, you know, sincerely, everything around starts to shift. And what I wanted to say, in my experience, we all have a unique we're here with unique gifts on a unique journey and the working out of that, the timing for that, which is, as I said, exquisitely delineated by the astrological cycles as they show up in an individual's uh, astrological uh, blueprint. It's really, we've reached a point, a tipping point collectively, where more than ever, um, individuals are needed to come into their own, to come into their fullest potential and to uh, cut away the dead weight and to be willing to with compassion and gratitude by the way not violence but with understand letting go really surrendering what no longer is useful 
and, and find a way to recycle it. That's often what happens with Mars and Pluto as well. And I think what's important here is to be willing to have your future be different than your past. We know what the past has been, but we don't know yet what we're creating. We're moving into new territory. And there might be a few hiccups, a few what looks like setbacks, but it's all unfolding, I believe, as it needs to, and to have faith. And I think one of the things that astrology can do, knowing your own birth chart, it gives you that faith. It returns mm -hmm. to that intrinsic faith. It gives you a perspective on your own unique journey that's palpable and compelling and nurturing for you as an individual. And I think we all could use whatever means. Astrology is one. There are many other ways of finding out who you are and what you're here to do. But the most important thing is that I think the shift, I don't think we're going to be able to go back to the way it was. That we think, oh, yes, let's go back to normal. That normal is finished. Mm -hmm. And we might have a little bit of a journey in the next year or two or three or four uh, to actually have a new normal put in because we can't, we can't just stabilize the new impulse. We have to have the courage to create it as we go forward together and individually. That's the journey. That's what we signed up for. That's why we're here. And it's a journey that I'm very happy and proud to be on with you. So back at you i'm honored i'm grateful and i send all of my love out to everybody <laughs> this we've come a long way and it's important to honor the journey and to acknowledge all the progress that's been made and to celebrate that absolutely Absolutely. Rania, thank you so much. Wisdom, Gnosis, incredible. I know that, that the, your words that you shared will really support so many people. I hope so. I hope so. It's my hope. And uh, I also pray that it's peace on earth, goodwill towards men. This Christmas, the real anchoring of the true spirit of that Jupiter-Saturn conjunction in Aquarius, the star of Bethlehem. Imagine that being born in our hearts. Beautiful. And remember that the heart is Leo. Leo rules the heart. We cannot have this, we cannot go forward at the expense of our heart. We have to include heart-centered, our hearts. That's what makes us human. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much. I'd love to know you guys what you, you thought. And, uh, happy solstice to everybody. Yes. Happy solstice, everyone. Happy New Year. Happy New Age. Happy New Year. Happy New Age. <laughs> wonderful <laughs> thanks so much thank you so much for listening to the dharma life podcast i do hope you enjoyed this episode please come over and say hello on my instagram our facebook group and also please let me know what you thought so if you are listening please take a screenshot of the podcast that you are listening to tag me on instagram and i will reshare your post and please let me know what it is that you got out of today's episode remember when we do our dharma we are happier healthier we live longer and we have a deep sense of unshakable inner peace